Jared McLean here with my good, good brother from another mother, Kevin Warnick. What's up? This, this is episode two of the Young Life Lexington podcast. And we got a very, very special guest, Caroline Clayton. I wish I had one of those little sound effect machines that gives you a shirt. Thanks, um, Caroline is uh, a member of Hope Press. She is a good friend of ours. Um, cool Nugget. She's a former Young Lifer at Bryan Station. So all my Northside yeah. folks, uh, there's some 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 rep here. Um, she currently works for RUF in their national office. She leads and develops interns and campus staff. And so she's going to be on sharing a little bit about her life, her ministry, and and ways to think about ministry going forward. So with all that said. Kevin, you have any any remarks? I don't. Caroline, thank you so much for for joining us today. We're excited to hear from you. It is so good to be with y'all. I Great. love Lexington Young Life. <laughs> so this is a fun way to be kind of reconnect. Sweet. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time out. Just just starting off, just tell us a little bit about you, what you're doing, how you got there, et cetera. Yeah, so I grew up um, in here in Lexington. Um, I went to Bryan Station High School, where uh, I met Jesus through the ministry of art. I mean, through um, I'm so used to talking about RUF. I have to take it back before RUF for me. I met Jesus through the ministry of Young Life there at Bryan Station High School um, in like the mid, early to mid 2000s. Um, I graduated um, a fairly new believer and went off to college uh, far away in Texas. And um, my young life leaders here in town, who many of y'all probably still know some of them, the Junkers, Lucian Junker was a oh. close friend in my young life oh, yeah. leader senior year. So Lucy sent me off to college just with the advice of fine Christian community, um, I, which I really didn't have much of. Um, I was kind of the abnormal young life student. I didn't really go to club much. Um, I really had this like super solid relationship with Lucy and a few others, but um, really had not before college delved into Christian community or the life of the church at all. Um, and so that's really where RUF came into play for me. Um, I went through um, some young life training in college, but this, this was like before college life. And so I just really, the only thing I knew was young life and um, the young life folks there in Dallas connected me to RUF, um, which is a co college ministry there. Um, uh, at SMU is where I went. So um, after my time as a college student, I decided to leave co graduate college and work um, on the mission field um, through RUF uh, on the college campus um, domestically here in the U.S. Mm. And that sent me to work at Mississippi State University. So I was there for three years doing RUF campus ministry, college students, and then um, took a job with RUF still in a little bit of a different role here at University of Kentucky. So that RUF role brought me back to my hometown um, and I worked on the UK campus for three and a half years. And then just this year um, moved into a more um, kind of coaching administrative role for folks who were doing ministry on the campus. Um, so it's weird, I'm kind of fresh, freshly transitioned off of the campus myself 
um, and kind of in this transition am helping, you know, hundreds of people who were doing what I was doing, do this whole thing virtually now. So that's my job pretty much has turned into a uh, creative coaching of how to do ministry virtually to students, um, uh, to college students. But that could, of course, I was just thinking yeah. so much about that could, this could translate into just ministry in relationships, no matter what context. So. So Caroline, before we get too much further into some of the things that you're doing, cause I'm really curious about that. <clears throat> um, were you part of the, the Bryan Station students who got to enjoy the Bryan Station house that was right by campus. Oh, do you yes. remember that? I oh, do. Wow. For older listeners out there who... Yeah, so back in that day, JB and Ryan Brim, who's still around yeah, my church yeah. now, um, these guys are probably, I think, in a lot of ways, still around Young Life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Christian was like the married one, but like was still around a lot, probably because Lucy is an amazing wife and would... <laughs> was cool with her husband like hanging out and playing xbox all the time after school uh with high schoolers yeah so there's this house right across from the high school um and it was like really dodgy and gross and a bunch of like you know young professional guys they were all out of college i don't think they were in college still anymore when i was in high school um so they all had like normal jobs and then came home from their work and played xbox you know and their house was like this haven of like college or high school guys uh after school yeah, it was called the Young Life House. So that was definitely my era. Yeah, that was an amazing it's time. It's so weird to look back on that and be like, that didn't creep anybody out. I don't think it so creeped normal. any parents out or like anything like that. But it was just this like bro house. And I, I remember walking in, it was always really dark. All the blinds were shut, which just sounds so shady. All the blinds <laughs> would be shut because it, it'd be like daylight still, but they needed the house dark to look at the countless screens that filled these, wow. these rooms. Every room you went into that. was like three or four different TVs because it was just like Xbox and PlayStation. And well, back like, then a lot of them were projectors too. Oh, probably so too, you yeah. you needed that kind of like low light mm. uh, to brighten up the projector. And yeah. they would get, um, you probably a beneficiary of the, some of like the food that they get, like ice cream sandwiches yep. and little, oh, yeah. little frozen pizzas that they would get from different, retail stores that would donate to them so that yes kids could eat yeah, yeah i just think i mean yeah i mean these obviously like we were in high school so we didn't need like after school care by any means but it was this like like truly a haven like a place to go after school or after your sports practice um to hang out until like your parents could come get you or you could go home um so there's always people doing homework there hanging out i mean it was just it was so such a unique gift um to have that just place to connect with people. Um, and also so looking back on that, I'm like, that was so shady. Like my parents never asked questions about me. Totally. These like That's older true. guys, you know, <laughs> but it was cool. Yeah. That was my era. That's awesome. What a time to be alive. That was. That is that, was. That sounds great so cool. time to be alive. I'm like, dang, we need to, uh, maybe we need to rethink some things that house is probably still there jared you should get it your, get your it, hands on it. it is i mean if it's the house i think it is it's literally the front door there. of Bryan station high school yeah. couldn't have been yeah. more perfectly placed yeah i've only you know i've driven around some of those neighborhoods i rarely see see stuff up for sale or rent but anyway that is a cool idea i'm so glad you guys enjoy that it was awesome um, there's something even for me, I remember there's something about seeing into someone's like life that just 
evens the playing field. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, young life and then RUF too, I'm sure it's, you have, you, you build it on relationship, right? It's like, you're trying to create that relationship and what a great way to build it, you know, like opening up your home and yeah. playing yeah, games. Think, and Yeah, I think so much of the basis of my own ministry um, for the last decade has really been like those formative years of like, I came into the faith, like through the ministry of hospitality, um, mm. you know, not just physical space, but just, I mean, this is kind of the hallmark of, of a young life leader, right? Like they, yeah. they bring you into their life. Like you go grocery shopping with them. You go to the Willie T library with your leader, mm-hmm. and, um, sit in their apartments with them. And yeah, I mean, I just think I, yeah, I very much was welcomed into the faith through people welcoming into welcoming me into their lives and which is, yeah, kind of going back to this like present discussion is like makes ministry so hard. If you think yeah. about how we minister to people, it's like bringing them into our lives and we can't bring them in like in the physical sense of totally. how we um, So it's just called for a lot of creativity. Mm. Yeah. How, how about that hot take? We, I mean, I came to faith of the ministry of hospitality. Retweet. Let's, let's, let's just tweet that out, blurb it. Yeah. I don't know who Damn. said it, but someone once said, uh, they know very few people who enter into the kingdom of God through uh, good reason or argumentation, but they mm. pretty much everyone they know who, who exist and live in the kingdom um, were brought in through being like being loved into the kingdom versus being argued into the kingdom. Okay, that are preach. Um, don't don't get us going. I'm butchering I'm butchering that statement, but some don't get that us one, going. Like, That's so true. I mean, there's there's space for you know debate and discussion and you know defending the faith um and arguing for the faith but really i mean when push comes to shove i mean yeah. all questions i know are folks who were loved into the kingdom of god so mm. and, and how that it imitates the ministry of jesus Amen. right often he was the pharisees and his kind of religious serious people were trying to pigeonhole jesus into an argument a debate yes he always saw himself out but was quick to welcome sinners into, you know, his life and into mm-hmm. his world and invite people in and walk into that kind of messy situation. So I think there's a lot that to be learned, even, you know, 2000 years later for us as we do ministry on. And so, I mean, I, I guess it does bring up a good conversa- conversation. How do we, how do we extend mm-hmm. the hand of hospitality mm-hmm. When no one's on, you know, for you all, there's no one on campus or for us, you know, for um, our college ministry, no one's on campus and there's, you know, we're high schoolers, you know, they're not going to campus and all those sorts of things. What, what have you all been doing? Yeah. So, I mean, golly. Well, first I think there's a ton of obstacles, obviously, that everyone who's listening to this probably feels. Um, they can't go pick up, you know, their kids or not their kids, but their students from school or go can't hang out, play, you know, games or club. I mean, it just, it's forced the question of how do we gather if we can't be in person in the same room or in the same space. Um, so probably like most people, we're doing a ton of like Zoom hangouts, Google hangouts, Bible studies uh, on Zoom. We've even done most RUFs uh, across the country are doing like virtual, what we call large group, which would be like the club equivalent where yeah. everyone just puts their, you know, mic on mute, but there's someone still giving a message. And there's even folks who are incorporating music and kind of how like churches have gone virtual right now too. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot uh, of that going on, which I think is necessary um, to feed. I kind of look at those time, times of like 
times to feed and encourage uh, your students. Um, I don't know if like a Zoom hangout with like 20 to 100 people is like where you're going to like connect with them personally, interpersonally. Um, but it's certainly a time to, to kind of put food on the table, I would say. Um, and then a lot, of, I mean, pretty much the majority of our ministry right now is looking like phone calls, FaceTime, uh, even things like Marco Polo or Snapchat, um, game, a lot of our, um, ministry with guys right now is looking like, uh, I don't know the first thing about this, but like gaming together online, like a lot of our people have started like purchasing like Xbox games or Microsoft that like they can play live together and feel like they're together go on a walk at the same time, but be on the phone with each other during a walk. It feels like you're going on a walk together. Um, ton- probably there's these stories of these ministry contexts, these virtual ministry contexts being fruitful are incredibly encouraging because you're like, wow, like God really isn't bound to how we know and have done ministry. Um, he's limitless in how he works. Um, it's incredibly encouraging, but it's also probably where most people feel, I think, the most frustrated. Like mm. they just can't get to mm-hmm. um, the depths or the intimacy that they did uh, in person or can in person. Um, so there's just, I think ministry right now looks and feels just really hard and frustrating. I think a lot of our ministry staff, like in a really healthy way are saying like, this isn't what I signed up to do. Like I didn't sign up to be on phone calls all day, um, you know, and I think there's room for that disappointment and that frustration too. Yeah. That, that brings up a good point. You know, speak a little more into the the feelings and emotions that come up especially if you're leading ministry what do you say to the person the leader um or the campus minister who is frustrated with their situation but -hmm. there's still a ministry in front of them Mm -hmm. so there's still some stewardship responsibility there but there's also real confusion and frustration Mm -hmm. and and sadness that you spoke on so how, you know, what, what do you say? How do you balance that? What, what is your, you know, wisdom towards that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as what I'm seeing or encountering that people are feeling, I mean, anything from kind of a low grade, like this is just frustrating. I don't know how to do my job. And so they're feeling useless or non-productive, not productive um, uh, boredom. I see a ton of boredom, uh, disappointment, frustration. Um, but then I think, I think we're seeing, um, to folks in folks who are, who are brave enough to be honest about it. I think a lot of folks in ministry right now are really feeling a lot of, uh, very deep and complex fear and grief. I think that there's a lot of loss, like there's a sense of loss um, that a lot of our folks are, are, are wading into. And, um, as far as what I tell people, um, or am telling people and myself is we need to go into those places. We need to feel these things. I think it's tempting in a time that feels so, um, unpleasant at best and, uh, like world, disorienting i mean in this kind of time we don't like to feel what we're feeling Mm -hmm. and so the temptation of course is to overwork get really busy uh or to numb like go into bad like go into kind of unhealthy 
unhelpful places um, just to escape these feelings. And I think a lot of what I'm just saying every day to, to our folks is actually confront um, what you're feeling, go into those places. Um, I think this is vital um, for humans to feel, um, but I would also say this should be expected as Christians to go into places of, um, of feeling um, loss and feeling hard things. I think Jesus really gives us space um, to feel these things. So I, th- I would say, you know, ask, I think it's really important right now, especially for people in ministry who are caring for other people, um, let us not forget to care for ourselves and, and ask questions of yourself like, what am I afraid of? Like, what am I fearful of? Name it and, and put it in a healthy place. Um, give yourself and other people permission to be afraid right now. Of course you should feel afraid. Um, there's, you know, a deadly virus going around. Um, you should be afraid of disconnection and isolation. Um, you know, we were not made to be isolated. We were not made to not work. We were made to be productive and we were made to connect. Um, and, and the threat of those things should be, should cause you fear um, in a healthy way. Of course you could be unhealthy. That could be unhealthy too, but um you know, and I think asking not only, you know, what am I afraid of? What am I anxious of? I think, so I think first naming it second right, is, yeah. um, you know, first is I don't want to get out of bed in the morning or I haven't put on real clothes in a week or what is the point of what I'm doing? You know, naming that, you know, what it is, um, I think is, is, is really important. Second is giving yourself the space to feel it. Um, and then I would say asking lastly would be asking of, what do I do or what can I do when I am in those places or when I'm feeling those things? Um, where can I go to what can I turn? Um, you know, what can I do um, when I feel grief or um, anger or fear? Um, or do you even just, ex- I think a lot of this is just exhaustion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, a big, I think kind of a big kind of taboo, not taboo, I'm a big, kind of like hot word right now is like zoom fatigue or like mm-hmm. technology fatigue. Um, like all you do all day is like sit and call your students <laughs> and like, man, that is like the time on a phone or a screen is just not the same as the time that you spend in a, in a high school cafeteria or on a, you know, intramural yeah. game. You know, it's just like, it feels so much more like draining. Right. And yeah. it feels longer. Um, and so, yeah, just knowing like, asking yourself like, where did I feel tired this week? Or what, what exhausted me most today? I feel exhausted. Um, and, and where am I going when I feel exhausted? Where, what am I turning to in my exhaustion? Um, am I turning to healthy things? Am I turning to unhealthy things? Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of, yeah, those are the waters that I'm wading into. Um, giving, encouraging folks to feel what they're feeling. Um, and then, you know, like Jesus does, like, loving us enough um to in his kindness drive us to repentance you know when when necessary um letting us you know letting us feel angry letting us lament letting us feel tired um but jesus never really lets us stay in those places right i mean he he meets us there and he moves with us um right. out them. Yeah, true yeah what yeah. for something I've been kind of been wrestling with is, um, is some of this fatigue I think is maybe coming from 
something you mentioned earlier, Caroline, that like, I didn't sign up for this. This is not yeah. why I'm on staff or this is not why I was wanting to do ministry mm-hmm. to make phone calls to people. And I feel like it's not maybe utilizing some of the even spiritual gifts mm-hmm. that some of these ministry folks have and one of, you know, these kind of gifts that they want to kind of use their spiritual muscles. What would you say mm-hmm. to them as they're like, how, how do you still live in that tension of not being able to use something that they're a gift that they feel mm-hmm. um, in the midst of the coronavirus and doing this digitally uh, as a form of ministry? Yeah. I mean, I would say me personally, God's sovereignty um, really speak, would speak a lot into, into that and his faithfulness. Um, you know, I think about like the son being faithful and willing to go and do the will of the father. Um, you know, and, and I think as servants of Jesus emulating that, um, Mm. you know, really feeling like you, like, you know, I like come alive around people. Um, I do not come alive on zoom. Um, I don't think I have a gift for this, but I would say I'm very gifted, like in a room full of people or like sitting Mm -hmm. across someone Mm -hmm. physically. Um, Yet God has placed this circumstance in our lives. Um, He is sovereign. He is on the throne. This does not surprise him. Um, He has designed us with particular gifts. Um, But he, but I, but I, I, I guess my, my, my own thinking my, my, for myself right now is um, we are called to be faithful and to trust um, and to follow him into suffering and to follow him into seasons where we're not getting, what a, what a privilege and joy it is to get to be, you know, serving the kingdom at the exact, you know, way or opportunity that we get to use our gifts. Like those are such exciting times. And, and for many of y'all, leading young life is that like it's like this mm-hmm. like need for the kingdom met with this like you're really good and, and made yeah. for this mm-hmm. um sometimes though we're called to be faithful and to serve christ when that joy and like crossroads maybe doesn't seem like it's matching up or lining up and i would just say stay faithful like it work might feel harder or your service to young life and to your students might feel harder and less enjoyable right now you might feel like your gifts are getting like collecting dust, mm. uh, but press on, um, push, I would say, push yourself by the power of the spirit to, um, figure out what it looks like to, uh, till that soil and plant those seeds. Um, even if it doesn't feel like you were made to do this, I think to the hope of, the hope of the hope we have as Christians, right. Is the narrative of like, this will pass like this won't it won't always be this way um that's like the meta narrative right of like salvation mm-hmm. like we're it's not always going to feel this way we're moving towards something and somewhere um that will be what we were made for like what we were created to live in and uh, i think this like pandemic is like a mini narrative right of that of like it this will lift um you know it won't always feel this way um but right now we're called to be faithful with where we are. And I think that's kind of like such a picture of like life as Christians in the present time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's so what true. Yeah. I feel like in our culture, there's a, there's a lot of this American Christianity maybe, because that's all I really know where it, we want it to be easier, you know? And sometimes we'll even say, well, when things are difficult, we're like, ah, 
I'm not sure if God's in this, mm. right? Where in scripture, you're like, where do, where do we see that? It's most things are met with difficulty. Most things are met with trial and hardship, yeah. um, especially in ministry. And certainly the, you know, Paul's ministry was, was met with that. Um, yeah. And he invites us to not only to share in his resurrection, but share in his sufferings. You know, yes. so what you're sharing remind me of the Philippians three and Philippians four stuff that he encourages us to do. So that's great. And I think too, like so much of my days right now just feel mundane and boring. Like it just doesn't feel as exciting as like my days once did. And you know, I, I really, it does, it brings to mind like the majority of Jesus's life that we don't really have a picture, a clear picture of like the 30 something years that he was like making tables and like chilling oh, in like a teeny little village. Like, like, any, like Jesus could have said, really God, the father, like you've, like, I'm not utilizing my gifts. I'm a carpenter. Right great now. Illustration. Yeah. You know, like I could be doing all of these things. I could be, think of the, the, the probably millions of people he could have healed or exposed himself to but for 30 something years stayed pretty isolated mm -hmm. in a small remote place doing faithful mundane work. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and because he's Jesus, like we know that that was good and needful. Yeah. yeah. I've just got to believe that the 30 years of Jesus simply putting his head down for lack of a better term and um, just simply living, doing the things that, he was called to do in that moment was simply preparing him for the next three years of his life. Mm. You know, like that could possibly be true of what we're in right now. You know, mm. what, what, what is God preparing us for? Not necessarily what is he keeping us from, but with the right perspective and, and knowing that, okay, if, if what we believe about God is true, mm. then this has to be a useful time for me. Absolutely. God will make it a useful time. So, what is it that's on the horizon that he's trying to teach me yes. for right now? Yeah. And even golly, if that could be true of Jesus Christ, isn't that, could yeah. that be so much more truer <laughs> of us for us too? Right. Like, I think, I think it's in Hebrews where it talks about he was being perfected. Um, mm. and this time, I mean, it's like, like try, like his sufferings were, I mean, I'm just, I'm like, man, like if, if that's true of Jesus, um, how much more truth should that be of us? Or can that be totally. true? And, and the hope and the hope is Jesus did the mundane and the faithful working perfectly. So we wouldn't have to like, our hope is not to do this season perfectly to please God. Like Jesus, that's what Jesus was doing for those years. Like he was doing perfect living and working in our place. Uh, and, and we, and we cling to his perfection in that, not our own, you know, our hope isn't, I gotta like seize these days for Jesus so that like, I'll please him. Like, no, like, you have his pleasure like in the sun and, and, and that should free you up to like really not crush quarantine living perfectly. Like, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, yeah. there's grace for us in, in that because he did it for us. Sometimes I think what a unique time and culture to be in quarantine. Like, the the availability of technology the the creation of netflix the all the all these different things that kind of buy some of our time um but i also feel like even in ministry as we're trying to figure out how to do this remotely um 
the college age, young adult age person. So staff people, the college folks that you're working with, I feel like are kind of almost built for this, like mm. have some real gifts to do this and do this well, even maybe better than the church, the, you know, the people at you know, pastors at churches do who are maybe stumbling mm-hmm. through how to use mm-hmm. some of these things. What, in what ways do you think that um, young folks are just built for the, this time of quarantine? Yeah, I mean, and this is what's kind of the irony, though, too. I think there's, I think it's two sides to this coin. One, we're really comfortable and really good on the phone. Um, our pastor this week was talking about rest and, and busyness in this time and, and connected so much of kind of what, what he was preaching to us to our phones. Um, like, he's a pastor of a pretty younger church. And, you know, like, already pre-corona, like, we were probably spending, like, four or five six hours a day on our phones, like statistically, like that's just true. Many of you with an iPhone can like just look up the stats of the, yeah. the hours that you normally spend on a screen anyway. Um, you know, and he was saying like now, I mean, we're probably spending more like eight, nine, 10 hours a day on looking at screens and, and our phone. So we're already comfortable with that. I mean, we're already, we're pretty, you know, there's so much out there about like our generation and younger, um, really the main context through our, through which we connect to people is our phones, you know, like we were just saying like, you know, we're all together at like a young life or an RUF event. And then we all leave and Snapchat each other all night. Mm-hmm. So like, you know what I mean? Like or we, we oh, leave yeah. the context and then we just like go post about it on Instagram or like mm-hmm. we DM each other. And like, so already our generation and younger, I would say like we had our, we already are, familiar with like how to connect um and use technology for good i would say Mm -hmm. um the 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 interesting thing is i think most older generations would look at ours and younger and say you know what you have isn't real connection you're connecting only through like you know instagram and snapchat and whatever whatever like that's not real um connection like the, the kids nowadays like don't really know what real community is like and like kind of you know bash like the the i don't know social media, you know, generations. Um, what's interesting is when the in-person stuff was taken away, uh, it's, it seems like the people who are feeling this the worst are the people who are really good at their phones and really good at connecting with people on their phones. Mm. Like we hate, Mm. I I just think that's really interesting, right? Like, yeah, I would say it's more comfortable. The average 18 year old is probably more comfortable socially through like an app or some kind of like digital social connection. They're more comfortable connecting to someone that way. Yet they like seem to not, it, it seems like it's not enough, you know, Mm -hmm. when, when the in-person stuff is taken away. Mm -hmm. I don't really think that's what you're asking, but it did come to mind. It's just, but there is a familiarity and a comfort there that like, you know, I think, yeah, I think there's a call to like use technology well and to like serve people well. And really the only way we can serve people in a lot of ways is like phone calls and FaceTimes and Zooms and mm-hmm. our age people are doing that really well. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we hit our, I try to be faithful and keep us on, on, on time crunch, on time yeah. schedule. Um, so, so to close this, I just, you know, we may need some imagination here, but Imagine you are in front of um, 60 to 80 young life leaders right now. And the circumstances are the same. COVID-19 is rampant, but you have their ear. 
this is these are uh, folks ranging from freshman in college to senior in college to um, at least a few years out of college working. So, you know, that's the that's the demographic. What what are the top three things you think we need to be doing right now? I would say the first thing is cry out to God for your need for connection and community right now. Um, one, because you were made most of all for connection and community with him, communion with him. Um, and so what a t- what better time to take the frustrations and the unmet needs to him who can fulfill those um, and, and ask him in prayer to teach you how to dwell and abide with him uh, while you can't dwell and abide with your people. <laughs> mm. um, I think there's a really sweet gift in this pandemic, especially for the believer, um, to grow in uh, learning um, to enjoy being in the presence of God. Um, and some of that might include crying out for, I need human connection. Lord, please give it to me. Like learning to bring our just very human needs mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say that would be the first one. Um, yeah, I, I would say second. Um, so I guess, yeah, that would be, my, I would say second would be um, to take this is the call for life in Christ, regardless of what circumstances are going on in the world. Um, but I would say to think about what does service and, and neighborly love look like right now, the temptation within isolation and a lot of days working and living at home alone or with one or two others, the t- temptation is to make and ask questions of this virus about your own comfort. Like, how do I, how can I survive when I can't see my friends? How can I survive if I can't go to work or can't move up the ladder or can't make money like I used to? That, that is the flesh is always turning us inwards about our, and making it about our own comfort and how, how am I going to survive? Um, and I would just say like, my second thing would be asking who do I need, whose comfort do I need to make my priority outside of myself? Um, whether it be a roommate, an older family member, uh, a particular group or individual in your young life ministry that is just more susceptible to, you know, health crises or, you know, other, or other, you know, situations that this outbreak has made them more vulnerable. Um, who are those people? And, and I would just say, make their comfort your priority, um, right now. Um, and then I guess the third thing. I know I put you on the spot there. Yeah, that's good. I think <laughs> the third thing would be just very practical. This has been a help for me. The third thing would be um, to try to work smarter and not harder in your ministry. I think the temptation right now is to think there's all these ways that I can't work. So I need to overcompensate and like mm. kill myself with sending a thousand more texts a day, getting on a ton of Zoom meetings and doing 18 Zoom Bible studies a day listening to eight churches worships every week, podcasting and devoting it up, like making yourself busier to feel like kind of what I was talking earlier. Like, I think we can take our emotions and what we're feeling and like channel them to like numbing or busyness. And I think, yeah, I would just say, man, like take breaks 
don't work harder necessarily, but work smarter. Um, you know, if you know your limit is two hours on Zoom or two calls a day, don't do more than that. Learn your limits and, and, and work well in the space that you can. And then, I don't know, for every hour you spend on Zoom or phone calls, take an hour away from your screen. Um, go on a walk. I don't know, play a game, <laughs> whatever it looks like for you. I think that's, I, I don't, I've just found myself giving myself grace for not working maybe as many hours as I normally do. Um, and taking like a lot of midday walks or going out and grabbing a Diet Coke from McDonald's just to get out of my house, <laughs> things like that. Um, so yeah, I would say be kind and patient with yourself. Mm. That's great. Awesome. What, what, what a great guest yeah. yay thanks guys wow we're so wow, strong and, and she's a newlywed you know so she congratulations thanks got married a week and a half ago wow what awesome. a better way to start a life together than in quarantine together i know that's kind of what we yeah our pastor was like i mean if you if you're both working at home all day and you have a home that you can live in together like wouldn't you just want to start off life do it i'm like you're right i just want to so we do it's yeah. so much fun that's awesome well we really enjoyed having you thank mm -hmm. you so much thank for you guys it was such a pleasure i love young life i'm so thankful for everyone who's listening to this yeah. um, for what you do um and how you serve people keep on keep yeah keep doing thank it you. man you're changing lives no we appreciate it you yeah. do the same jerry what we got that's a wrap folks <laughs> all right all right um, Stay tuned for episode three coming at you real soon. Caroline, thank you so much. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. You grace us with your presence and it's wonderful. My virtual presence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again. All right.